Welcome to Intro to Briscoe. I'm Matt, and joining me is fellow Briscoe fan Melanie. Bonjour, ha ha ha. <laughs> Along with newbie co-host Will. Hola. <laughs> and Caitlin. Uh, hello. Hello, it is me. And uh, today we're joined by our special guest, Moira. Hello. <laughs> we need to all bring out our terrible French accent. Yeah. This is two terrible French accents in a row for this show. Uh, <laughs> Actually, the last guy wasn't so bad. No, was the last guy was all right, I guess. Yeah. This guy was kind of bad. Well, he was okay, but he was <laughs> a caricature, so I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> So, uh, Moira, um, we haven't had you on before, have we? I don't think we... Nope, nope, nope. nope. Uh, I just hear your voice uh, all the time, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder where that would be. Yeah. <laughs> in your dreams? No. Yeah. no, same place I hear yours all the time, other than here. Yes. <laughs> that, that other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the, the podcast who shall remain nameless. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was on that podcast this morning. Oh, oh. there you go. Yeah. Oh. Was it a good I time? How, I, lo- I love how we're not giving free plugs away. <laughs> exactly, because... Yeah. He comes on and re- and gets you guys to read an email that had how many goddamn points to it? Like 30? 30 points or something? And I kept thinking, no, this has to end soon. I'm not going to mention who this was. Because, <laughs> I mean, and then he says, yeah, and I can't believe you read all the points. <laughs> Jesus. I got anyway, that person. That guy. You know that guy. We love you, guy. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what's your anyway. what's your history with Briscoe? Um, you guys introduced me to it. I have none until until you decided to do this podcast. I had never seen the show. So it's literally cool. an intro to Briscoe for you. Yeah. It totally is. I could be a newbie. Nice. I don't even skip ahead. I'm I, well. Actually, I missed last week, so I've been bad about missing every other one. But don't, <laughs> don't flog me, please. But um, no, it's it's fun. I've been having a good time doing it. So you so you like the show? I do. I think like, it's um the actual TV show. I mean. Oh, the actual TV show. I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of silly and campy and, and goofy and it's tongue in cheek. But it, it, yeah, it's fun. And I'm, I've grown to really quite, quite like the characters and their interactions. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Cool. Yep. Um, all right. So let's reveal the high and low winners for the previous episode. Mel, you yes, you always forget the vote. Um, <laughs> so the low point. Low point winner is of uh winner of Bye Bly is Caitlin's choice of Bowler gets to live again. Yes. What? Dubious. <laughs> Caitlin Caitlin keeps winning these things <laughs> <laughs> lately. Who are you paying? She's just <laughs> buying Facebook likes. <laughs> you can do that, right? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can. <laughs> For the low low price of uh, thirty dollars. Yeah. Buy a hundred Facebook likes. That's ridiculous, but I I can see that happening. Wow. And uh, for the high point of Bye Bye, we have a four way tie. Whoa! Yeah. Let me uh, go upstairs on my Facebook and. (laughs) Yeah, if you do that, Mel, we'll win. (laughs) We're letting Moira pick. Moira, who wins? This is the episode I didn't see. Uh, (laughs) I can't. I can't. No, just just read out the titles to her and then she'll. Yeah, read out the titles. Tell me nothing and I'll pick one. High point of Bye Bye. My choice was Bowler's death scene. Uh, Mel and Caitlin, uh, their choice was Briscoe and Bly orb fight. Uh, Will's choice was Briscoe time traveling. And Robin's choice was the potential end of the orb storyline. 
I gotta pick the orb fight. That sounds like the coolest thing. Yeah. It does. I five through the microphone. I will go back and I will watch it afterward. I guess I can, you know. You seem to have missed like the most important episode. What? I have. It's and and I do watch them, but it's because I was traveling or I was doing whatever. Like this is terrible. Anyway. And then I. And then the problem is, I think sometimes okay, I'll just you know watch a bunch in a row and send feedback, but then I think oh, but then I'll send it and because you do every other week it'll be like you know six weeks down the road before you see it so I thought no you're gonna lose it if I do that (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway Oh well. So oh, wow. now you've been spoiled that there's time travel and death scene. It's okay. You know what? That's just dandy. I, I don't freak out about those kind of spoilers. That's okay. fine. <laughs> well, it was a good episode. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, so recap. Are we ready for the recap? No. Okay. Uh, do we want to bring up any points like before we start about the episode that you just want to get out? I just can't believe that they went backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It really, like, I don't know. I, Yeah, I, I feel like that's a bad thing, but I also commend them on their ability to say, hey, let's put this, let's set this tale back at the beginning of the series, and then they proceed to make an episode that feels like it came from the beginning of the series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reboot. At first I thought they were doing a clip show when they showed the first scene. Yeah. I haven't seen a clip show in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very 90s thing to do. Yeah. It was, but yeah, that's what I thought too. Though I thought it was gonna be a clip show, and then and then they got into it. And I was like, oh whoa, oh it's like a weird. Glad just, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, just like a story that happened before. You can't even like you can't do a clip show when you haven't even finished one season. I know. <laughs> I um w- was watching it. And first first thing I thought was. Oh, because I missed an episode. Is this the new way that they introduce every episode? And if that's true, then I'm going to be an idiot when I'm on this, this podcast, <laughs> not realizing that. Um, but no, I was thinking it reminded me of the Princess Bride and Little Fred yeah. Savage being read too. All right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I thought of. And I fell asleep the first time I watched this, and not because it was a bad episode, but because I'm old and can't stay up as late as I used to. <laughs> At least you're honest. I have the same problem, Will. Mel <laughs> is usually helped along by wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into the, the recap here. So it opens up at a hotel, and uh, some kid named Frankie uh, is reading a dime novel, and his dad comes in, and we learn that they're new to the West. They've just moved here. Um, this kid's been reading Briscoe dime novels. Sorry. So what did you think about this kid? Um, he was on my favorite. He was your favorite? <laughs> wasn't wasn't my oh. favorite. <laughs> he was alright. He was cute. Yeah. He was okay. Mm. He was cute. I think that's what they wanted though. The dad looked familiar, but I don't I... He he is familiar and he has played now I didn't look him up, I'm sorry. I didn't do my homework. But he often plays a more sinister kind of character. Like he can go either way, I think. So at first I thought he was gonna be some horrible evil creeper that was going to do something bad to this kid and that Briscoe was going to have to you know uh, rescue him <laughs> yeah it got me in the wrong mindset I was a little I had to kind of reset my brain you've <laughs> been watching Millennium that's why that's probably why <laughs> it's influencing well, me yeah uh, did I, did, I did look him up but I didn't really recognize anything hmm. what was his name uh, oh, on the spot yeah <laughs> what was what was it Frederick Coffin yeah, Frederick Coffin. I don't know. Uh, Been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Uh, nothing I recognize. It was a murder she wrote. Yeah. 
like a million different Good. characters. That's probably where I've seen him is Murder She Wrote. He's been in a bunch of different TV oh. shows. Yeah. Did the kid amount to anything? Not. Uh. Probably not. Philip Van Dyke. Is he like a Van Dyke, like an actual oh. Van Dyke? Uh, Halloween Town. Yeah, think. I'd say he amounted to something. Calabar's <laughs> <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> oh, he's kind of easy on the eyes. He's thirty years old. Hell. <laughs> yeah, wow. We're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah. He was born in '84. Everybody, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He's been in stuff too. <laughs> Nothing jumps out to me, but then again, I don't know a lot of shows. Okay. He's been in No Problem for Cindy. That is. No Problem for You! <laughs> <laughs> he was on Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah, like, well, yeah okay. so was the dad. Yeah. yeah um, that's where they did. <laughs> in real life, yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, they're reading a dime novel, and we have to see the, the first introduction to Briscoe from episode one all over again. Which yeah, we're, which would make you think this is a clip show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that scene is still as ridiculous as before. I just never noticed how bad uh, Bruce Campbell's fake beard. It does look be fake. <laughs> it's very fake. Uh, maybe it's not, but it, it just does. looks glued on his face. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty bad patch beard. Yeah. Wonder what the story is behind the beard because he never grows a beard like at any other point in this series. He just let himself well, go for a while. He just, he just has stubble, doesn't he? Usually he has. Yeah. Yeah. Has Bruce Campbell ever grown a beard? I'm sure he has. I just I, I don't remember ever seeing it. I know he had like the little like goatee thing in Xena. Oh right. But... Yeah. We'll have to somebody send now us. Now I want to see him with a full beard. Somebody send this picture. Of Bruce <laughs> I think, Campbell's I think beard. he'd look very sexy with a full beard. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Um, so yes, um, so this whole episode is a flashback, apparently, to before Risco and Bowler were partners. Mm-hmm. Yet they're still pretty chummy in this episode. Yeah. I noticed that. I, I don't remember them being that chummy at the beginning. Yeah. They weren't. No. Uh, but, uh, so, chapter one, what's that called? I'll be sawing you in all the in all the old familiar places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how they kind of make fun of the titles in this episode. I yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> not really. They kind of congratulate themselves. They're like, "Oh, it's, it's kind of catchy." <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of it's kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We're introduced to Ned Zed, uh, who's a little little robber here, and he's uh, full of himself, and he gives a big show whenever he robs robs banks. I found him kind of a, a little bit annoying. He was very annoying. Oh, yeah. He's like little Napoleon. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Kaylin. That's it. Yeah. Uh, did you guys recognize him from anything? No. no. You're supposed to. Uh, I wouldn't recognize him just by looking at him, but you guys should all know who, who this character he played was. Uh, he's the only other character I can think of in media that's known for wearing 3D glasses besides Dr. Jacoby. And it's from a movie series. Oh, my gosh. He wears 3D glasses. Any guesses? No, I didn't recognize him because his glasses are too like they obscure his face too much. He was in Back to the Future. He was part of a uh, part of um, Biff's gang. Really? The gang member oh. called 3D. <laughs> he wore 3D glasses. That is lame. <laughs> he was one of the gang members along with Billy Zane. Oh wow, Billy Zane was in that. Yep. Oh man. And uh, I think he used that same annoying laugh in Back to the Future. It, it sounded familiar, that laugh. 
But, uh, yeah. So that's all I recognized from him. I was like, what? No way, I love that movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look for him next time I watch it. <clears throat> um, so, yes, uh, this bank robbery is going on in the town of Mishap. <laughs> Clever name. Clever, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, pet, pet's self on the shoulder as a viper. Because that's probably what he's yeah. <laughs> uh, Socrates and Briscoe are also in this town. Uh, Socrates is there to check up on Briscoe because Briscoe only ever just sends postcards like he's on vacation or something. So the people paying him want to know he's doing his job. I like that. Um, so I think Socrates used the term. I, ha- I had to go out into the field because of you, and all, all I could think of was like an FBI agent, like doing field work. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Socrates. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. He always manages uh, to survive somehow. Yes. <laughs> um, so inside, uh, Ned steals everything, even sucks a ring off of some lady's finger. I don't know how that ever works. I think it was... You think it's sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Like, but they how... probably had the actress had a ring on her finger, and he had one already in his mouth, probably. I know, but like... I don't know. Listen, if Cartoon Robin Hood can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure. Oh, I thought he just sucked the gem off the ring. No, no the whole the ring came off. The whole... It did? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I was like, that's not believable at all. Yeah. Uh, so the bad guys exit and Briscoe gets his gun on them and uh, Ned throws his cigar into into a pile of hay that is uh, on a wagon full of dynamite that they uh, put there earlier <laughs> and did you guys notice the, the guy from Ned Zed's gang in the back had like really disgusting teeth Yeah, he had like gross brown black sooty teeth looked like he maybe maybe he like grabbed somebody's ring too and it just like <laughs> just, it scratched his teeth all up yeah he screwed know. it up yeah. teach me that trick oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of yeah um so yeah briscoe gets in the wagon drives around the corner immediately uh, explodes <laughs> I, there I was, have no idea how he got it. There was no time for him to get in there. No, there wasn't. Um, There's a lot of like really impossible moments in this episode. <laughs> I feel I feel like this episode is like very exaggerated, and maybe part of that is because it's a story being read. Yeah. So a lot of the moments are like exaggerated to yeah. the extreme. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's been re- it's been established that the dime novels aren't always accurate. So yeah. we should take this entire story with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yes, there's a big crater. Uh, Socrates thinks Briscoe's dead for a sec, but he's not, of course. Um, oh, I also noticed that Briscoe's wearing his scarf here, and uh, he's not wearing it when we see him in the end scene. Just like last episode, he wasn't wearing it either. <laughs> I, I lament the loss of the scarf. Yeah, I know. That's a damn nice scarf. Yeah. Good it, just, it just completes his outfit. <laughs> his, neck, his neck looks naked without it. I know. It's just not right. Yeah. Um... Yeah. You should travel back in time using the orb and then write to the writers <laughs> saying, bring the scarf back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're uh, back at the Horseshoe Club and uh, remember that, guys? It blew up. <laughs> no, I forgot. Did we miss the Horseshoe Club? Uh, Ethan Emerson, who I don't remember if he was in the pilot episode. I bet he was. Um, he's going to open a bank in Washington. And uh, Socrates cautions him not to go up there. He likes to go up there personally to receive the first transaction deposit. Um, 
and uh, yeah, that's just what that scene's about. <laughs> Socrates doesn't want him to go. But there was a line the, the guy says about before he owned banks, he ran banks, before he ran banks, he worked in banks, before he worked in banks, and then he gets cut off. What was he going to say? <laughs> he robbed, robbed banks? banks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. yeah I, maybe he built them. He built them. Oh, maybe. I was, oh. I was thinking maybe he's like, before I owned banks, I ran banks. Before I ran banks, I worked in banks. Before I worked in banks, I was aware of banks. <laughs> I was aware of banks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I wanted him to, be a, to rob them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have been an interesting story. Sad Socrates cut it off. Mm. Um... But he's not worried. And then we cut to uh, Lumberville, Washington, where uh, Briscoe is uh, arriving at a hotel. I was uh, kind of happy they were in Washington because it was kind of a change of pace. Although it's still clearly California. I know. <laughs> oh, man, you're just still bitter about Twin Peaks. I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I thought it was nice, though. Just a different... different uh, yeah. Kind of like a different city, you know. Yeah, they got as many trees in there as they could. (laughs) It was still too sunny. Too dry. Too dry, too sunny. Um, So, yes, he arrives at the hotel, and he's told he has to share a room. Uh, And there's a callback here to uh, he needs a receipt, which was in the first couple episodes, which is nice. Um, But there's no locks on the doors in the hotel. What? Why? (laughs) No, they feel safe there, but I thought they said it was a dangerous place to go. Is, is Washington supposed to be super safe? Why is there no locks in the doors? <laughs> I don't lock my doors, and I'm just... Oh, don't tell that to people, Will. You just put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, kidding. man. No, I don't really. I really do. I grew up in a bad neighborhood, so I always lock my doors. Yeah. yeah. Still now. Well, we live in a pretty decent neighborhood, and we lock our doors. Yeah, same here. We live in a pretty safe place, but it's just habit. You just do it. Yeah. 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 It's I like, you know... Country, so I don't feel the need to as much. No. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> whenever my parents are home, the doors are always locked. But whenever it's just kids, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the lady who I think she runs the place notices mm-hmm. notices Briscoe, and um, then we cut to Briscoe's uh, in his room, and he kicks a guy <laughs> out of his bed, and it just so happens to be Lord Bowler. Yay! Yay. <laughs> him just from the snoring. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what are the chances of that? They're they're there for two completely different reasons. They both yeah. travel to Washington. The complete like not all world. It, it, no, it's what you said earlier. It's because it's a dime store novel. Ah, yes, maybe. Yep. Um, the beats are tied together. <laughs> uh, they're surprised to see each other, of course. But Briscoe still wants his bed. <laughs> he paid good money for it. He's uh, having a nice dream, probably. Yeah. Too. Briscoe, I mean, Bowler's there. He's got a payroll to, uh, transport job. Um, the lady, whose name is Frances McCabe, comes in. And she knows Briscoe. She wants to buy him dinner. Uh, I like how Bowler covers himself up here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> cute. Mm-hmm. There was no point, though. Yeah. And it, you know what? When he said uh, something, he said boss, and I got confused because I, I was being slow and I didn't immediately realize he was referring to her and not to Briscoe. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that would have <laughs> been guys aren't together yet. Yeah. 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 Um, it was at this point seeing Bowler in his pajamas when I realized once again, like, I didn't realize this, or I didn't think of this since we saw him shirtless boxing. He's not really that big of a guy. 
like he's tall. He's tall, mm. but he's supposed mm. to be, you know, this big, strong, like, tough guy. But I think it's just his big coat. <laughs> like, he's kind of, like, scrawny a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's not. Was he, was he, like, a big dude when he was, like, showing up? I don't think so. I don't know. No, he was still kind of a scrawny guy. I don't know. She go. She leaves. Briscoe reveals that he was engaged to her in college. Oh. She ran off for some guy in a uniform. Tisk tisk. Yeah. Uh, Fuller. Uh, or oh wait, we go down and uh, Briscoe's quizzing her about it, and she doesn't even remember this. <laughs> so at this point, I don't like her because yeah. <laughs> because um, she broke his heart, and she doesn't even remember. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay, that's just. Oh. He still goes for it. He's like, ah, whatever. Wow. <laughs> One more for the road. <laughs> well, and the, you know what, though? In a way, I'm kind of on his side there because <laughs> what the hell? She's mm-hmm. kind of discarded him and doesn't care. Then that's fine. If she wants to offer you um, delectables, then you just go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, just don't get attached. <laughs> that's right. Don't get, don't get your heart broken again. Uh, they- <laughs> you had the right idea, I guess. They're inter- interrupted by a ridiculous guy named Frenchy Bearpaw. <laughs> He's caught some fish. Uh, He's wearing mittens while wearing nobody mittens. else is. Yeah. But I guess to hide his... Uh, his Bearpaw. Yes. Bearpaw. Uh, he, reacts to, he reacts weird to Briscoe when he runs out who he is. Uh, and then uh, Briscoe and Francis go upstairs... And uh, the kid who's re- uh, being read this story, he wants to skip the mushy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the I thought that was a clever it. way to skip a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like yeah. a family TV show. Well, it makes it makes me wonder how detailed do these dime novels get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dad's like, oh, I want to keep reading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for the bodice ripping line. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a Harlequin novel. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean, they're not just novels, are they? They're also, they come with illustrations, I think. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Mon dieu. (laughs) No, it's just probably, she just shows him a little bit of ankle, probably. That's all there is to it. Ooh, mushy stuff. Uh, no, 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 because late, no, because doesn't he? He says he doesn't come back to his room. Yeah. There's more than ankle being shown there. Oh well, that's Then we cut to. Uh, Where I thought that's how babies were conceived. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was taking a sip of water when you said that. No, 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 wait, no. Here's my ankle. Nobody look unless you want to. You want a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at my image of her as a fickle hussy, okay, Matt? She's a fickle hussy. So <laughs> that's just stuff, but I've labeled her. Yeah. Uh, Frenchy Bearpaw talks to his stuffed bear in the next scene. Okay, stuff. that's just good. Yeah. Um, and Ned Zed appears in, from the shadows and learns that Briscoe's up here as well. Uh, Frenchy's gonna kill uh, Briscoe for free for, for Ned because of his bare hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which he can move, by the way. He can wiggle the figure, the fingers yeah, on his bare hand. Exactly. This is pretty advanced form of prosthesis, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some robotics in there, <laughs> <laughs> especially for something that just screws on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so in the morning, Briscoe is missing bottles. It's his target practice, and uh, Bowler finishes them off there for him. They just... Okay, this is wait. There's an analogy here. So this is like 
when they say to athletes, you know, you're not allowed to have sex before the big game. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for for Briscoe, if he has sex, he just, you know, he loses his aim. <laughs> yeah. He's off of his feet, so to speak. So. It's probably not just the sex. It's, it's it's if he has lady troubles. Oh, you think it's an emotional issue, not just exhaustion from all the sex the night before? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, uh, Bowler's pretty mad that he slept in that small bed all night for no good reason because Briscoe never used his. I'd be pissed too. Yeah, I'm with Bowler on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I lost my place again. I just my I just have a wall of text in my notes. It's Maybe just, you should like divide it somehow. You know, uh, I don't know. You need like different colored lines. Yeah, that would be a lot of work. Yeah, different colored inks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Bris- Bowler teases Briscoe about Briscoe having a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh. It's like they're in fourth grade or something. Yeah. Um, uh, so then we cut to Ned Zed talking to the Forgeron, as the French subtitle said. <laughs> Matt thought that sounded like a Transformer. But I was like, no, that's <laughs> accurate. That's a... How do you say it? Forgeron. Okay. Yeah. The blacksmith. <laughs> now let's say Forgeron! <laughs> I am Forgeron, a Decepticon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ned's waiting for a project from uh, Miss Transformer. Um, and <laughs> it's going to be a little while longer. And as he goes off to the gunsmith, we cut back to Briscoe running into Francis. Uh, she's all enamored with him, and she wants him to go to New York with her. And, uh, and he doesn't like crowds. I didn't know that about him. Mm. No, we want something. Um, and Frenchie Bearpaw comes in, says he overheard some bank robbers, overheard Ned Zed talking, and uh, he takes Briscoe to an old sawmill. And uh, he knocks him out. And I like how the the window here frames Briscoe's face as yeah. That was, was a nice shot. That was yeah. yeah. That was cool. <laughs> um, I feel like Bruce Campbell gets to have like very Bruce Campbell esque uh, acting moments. He does in, in this episode. Well, coming up here. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. Well, like yeah. the one where he gets knocked out. That's very Bruce Campbell. Like just the yeah. face that he makes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to Francis giving Lord Bowler the payroll that he's supposed to transport, and he warns her to tell Briscoe that Frenchy Bearpaw uh, will probably he not. Has it in for yeah, him. he's got it in for him. Yeah. Um, which everyone knows apparently, except <laughs> except, except Briscoe. Briscoe. Where, where has Briscoe been? Yeah. <laughs> that he doesn't know these rumors about yeah. swirling around him. Um, so Briscoe is tied to a log, and he's got to go through the saw. <laughs> Very and if, if his name were James Bond, it would be a laser, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Frenchy Bearpaw wants revenge on Briscoe Sr. because this whole hand thing is his fault. And... <laughs> but not really. Because it, it was just Frenchy screwed up, like he got carried away and yeah. lost his hand while he was He's crazy, setting though. a trap. He's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ned Zed's there too, he taunts Briscoe. Then they start up the machine and they leave the hero in the precarious position, obviously. In classic dime novel style. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and the father is enraptured by the story and the boy is scared. <laughs> so they debate going further for a second. And then they do. And chapter two is called what? When all is said and done. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a niece. This is where I started falling asleep. <laughs> oh, you weren't like, thrilled? Oh, Will, you're like I was, a little kid. <laughs> I was more tired than 
Yeah, I was more tired than real, but. Um, and Briscoe saves himself. He pulls the handle with his teeth. Ah. Uh, then uh, Francis comes in. I, I wish she had come in, like just as he was being sawed in half. Oh, what? <laughs> I was just imagining like how how the characters would react if this actually happened. I know. Yeah. It's just all these all these ways they want to kill people is so gruesome in real life that only like a psycho serial killer would do it. Yeah. 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 Um, this guy was losing his shit when he got free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the one, like, one of the only times in this series where Briscoe turned into Bruce Campbell. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, usually, like, I know Bruce Campbell is playing this character, but I don't think of Briscoe as Bruce Campbell. I think no. of him as Briscoe. Yeah, Because I know. he's so straight-laced, usually, and he's usually the straight man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this scene specifically was just, like, kind of, like, weird and out of place, but, like, kind of delightful at the same time. Yeah. I love I love his little shiver as he, as he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds me why I love Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so cartoony. Yeah. But he can pull it off in, as opposed to these other characters. These other actors were so cartoony, like Ned Zed and Frenchie Bearpaw, and I just they're just annoying. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Campbell makes it delightful. Um. So. We travel to, uh, they're on their way to Frenchy Bearpaw's cabin when they run into Lord Voller being chased by bandits who want that payroll. And, I like uh, how he's single-handedly, like, holding them off. <laughs> yeah. It's, what, five five to one or something like that? Yeah. And he's not worried about it at all. No. Never. I'll do. I'll manage. <laughs> what were you going to say? Nothing. Well, I, don't think, I think there was anything. Oh, I thought you said, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't. No, no. Okay. Um, oh, well, the only part of the scene was when uh, it was funny when um, they started to crawl away and <laughs> and Bowler's eyes are staring at her behind. <laughs> God, <no. laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Well, you guys, I mean, they may not be worried about Bowler here, but I'm worried about Bowler because how is he going to survive this if he in this show's universe they're not allowed to any, ever shoot anyone and they're not near any like clever props or anything that they can use to defuse the situation. They're just in the woods in a shootout. How is he going to get out of there without killing someone? Which he's not allowed to do, remember, because of show show rules. I don't know, but it seems like even after he defeats these five guys, however he does it, when he's getting into town, he's tossing out a few more, right? He just keeps having to... So you get the sense that every, I don't know, every hundred yards, he runs into somebody else who wants his money. Yeah. Um, I think, again, it's just part of the comic... Um, oh, I'm story Kashini nature, right? So you just have to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking in like in well, reality. There's no way he escapes. What if he shoots? He could, no, people. no, he shoots a tree limb down and it falls on all five of them and knocks them out. <laughs> That's my theory. I guess. <laughs> um, but didn't didn't uh, Briscoe get somebody? He winged some guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't kill him. Didn't kill him, but he. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, they leave Bowler behind. <laughs> and then, uh, at Frenchie's cabin, uh, Comet notices, notices a bunch of bear traps on the ground. Way to go, Comet. Yay. And he leads them through there. But I feel like, like, there's a couple moments here where, um, what's her face? Frances is like, she's like acting really stupid. Like, when they're having the shootout, she keeps lifting her head up and he keeps like pulling her head back down. And then, and he's like, oh! Like bear traps, and she's way ahead of him already. Like yeah. she keeps pulling these stupid things. Yeah, she's not used to being out in the field. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I, for me, 
I kept wondering if she was just not completely on the up and up. Like, I kept expecting to find out she was somehow uh, involved with Ned Zed. Yeah, that could have been it, too. Yeah, but... Uh, they, I think feel like they've done that before, though, so... Yeah, they have, I think. Um, they probably just did that to get, get you wondering about her. Yeah. Uh, so Briscoe faces uh, Frenchie Bearpaw, <laughs> who tells tells the stuffed bear to run. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then they have a fight amongst the bear he traps. He's singing to his bear too. Yeah. And grooming him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe he like he puts a saddle on the bear <laughs> when nobody's around. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so they, uh, he gets the better of Frenchie and he twists his hand off and he takes it. Does he ever do anything with it? I don't think he does. No. No. He just took it with him as a souvenir. Yeah. Should have thrown it at somebody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe hey. when he's alone he pretends it's his bear ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he talks to you. Um, uh, Frenchie tells Briscoe where Ned is and then uh, we cut to Ned being outfit with Iron Man armor Mark One. <laughs> and a machine gun. <laughs> What'd you guys think of that? Yeah, I just called him Iron Man. Versus, <laughs> at this point, in the note. Yeah, coming through. Uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. He kind of sounded like a spaceman or something while he was talking from inside of the suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut to father and son uh, again, and the dad's tired, but the son wants to go on, and he lo- he uh, urges his dad to go on with the promise of more mushy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we're at the bank opening. Uh, the first deposit is received, and Briscoe comes in, shallow, uh, followed shortly thereafter by Ned Zed. I love how Ned Zed doesn't even wait for like a bunch of money to like be deposited in the bank. He's just like, <laughs> you're just right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Good point. What's he gonna get? Like ten dollars? <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna. I mean, uh, people are lined up. Yes, but I mean, like, still. It's, I'm sure they. I'm sure they brought some money to start out the bank. But yeah, he should have waited till the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, at least because then he could have opened the vault and got half a ton more. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think not he's, a very bright criminal. I don't think he's the smartest. <laughs> Um, so Ned's dealing with the guards and he's putting on a show just like before when uh, while our heroes are behind the counter and uh, Briscoe pops out and pulls the carpet out from under Ned and then they all run into the vault and there's a short shootout until Socrates closes the door and locks them inside (laughs) back to his old bumbling ways Uh, I mean Socrates had just you know he'd gotten better the past few episodes they had to remind us about how shitty he was. Yeah. Bowler <laughs> yeah. um, arrives and he's immediately robbed and punched in the balls. Um, <laughs> Ned Zed's so short that he could, he only has to punch him. He doesn't even have to kick him. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And, but it's a hell of a punch because it's minutes go by and he's still incapacitated. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, in the vault, we hear some footsteps. Uh, they assume it's Lord Buller. Who'd you assume it was? I assumed it was Comet. I honestly did. Really? Because you know what? Earlier on, when he's tied to the saw, I was expecting him to whistle for Comet and Comet to somehow come and free him. Yeah. yeah. I really was. And so I thought, okay, <laughs> this is going to be his moment to shine. <laughs> nope. I didn't think it was okay. Comet, but since they were so sure it was Bowler, I figured it was somebody else. I figured it was one of the bad guys. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Yeah, I figured it was Ned. Um, Although, how could you... Well, I guess even a horse can't even open a, a safe, but how could you open a safe with a metal suit? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to suspend disbelief either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, what? Yeah, what'd you think of it being Comet? <laughs> I thought that was pretty great, actually. Me that too. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it took two tries. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, of course. I'm like, why is that Buller talking back? <laughs> um, it would have been funny though if it was Comet trying to pretend to be Buller. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like ready to sound like Buller's laugh or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. So Briscoe leaves, uh, Bowler's still immobilized, he points him in the right direction, and then we cut to Ned, uh, he's, he takes his henchman's horse, cause his horse is tired, and then, uh, ends up taking the other henchman's horse, and, uh, both of those guys point Briscoe in the right direction, and Briscoe catches up to Ned, and the fight ensues, and the bear traps, uh, grab Ned, and he's stuck, immobilized. <laughs> But still, but still cackling, kind of like I know um, Woody Woodpecker. He's just—it's bizarre. Why does he laugh when he's on the side? I don't side know. I don't know. It was a fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, you <it> got me. <laughs> um, he's taken away. He's still in the suit. The the blacksmith said he needed to be cut out of that suit. That's that's gross. That's gonna be or it's gonna be gross soon if they don't get him out of there. I, I, see. I thought you meant he wouldn't be able to wash, but I guess he won't be able to either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh. Emerson's uh, buying the machine gun patent. I like I, keep, I like how they kept calling it a machinery gun. I really like yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> um, and Francis is falling for some man in a uniform. Uh. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> Briscoe rides off with his true soulmate, Lord Bowler. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they seem pretty dang friendly for rivals. But they sure do. The bromance guys. Yeah. Um, and the dad and the kid finish the story, and they ponder the reality of it. And uh, then the door handle is uh, jimmied, and uh, it's Briscoe and Bowler in the wrong room. So this is where I woke up, and I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going?" On? <laughs> I saw them walk in the door, I'm like, what? You just see, like, Bruce Campbell winking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Wink! <laughs> I thought it was really cute. Oh. Yeah. yeah well, got the um, I think that's it. Anyone have notes that you wrote down you wanted to get out? No? Okay. Oh, I don't. Um, <laughs> so, ratings. Maura, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, okay, Comet gets to save... Briscoe's life in the flashback <laughs> and save everybody in the present. So anytime Comet's in it and doing something wonderful, this always makes my ratings go way up because <laughs> I, just, I just love all the Comet, the Wonder Horse stuff. Um, I really don't like the love interest, this Francis chick, if that wasn't already obvious to you. Because yeah. they've had other women play opposite him that are more interesting as characters. And she's just sort of a selfish, shallow, kind of conniving, fickle chick. So there's just, you know, that took a little bit away from me because I didn't really like her much. But overall, um, that was fun and whimsical. And I actually liked, um, you know, when you explain, okay, it's a dinosaur novel, so it can be a little bit more goofier than usual. And it works for me. It was fun. So I, I'm going to give it, I don't know, let me think, eight out of ten terrible French accents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Mel, do you want to go? Okay. Uh, Caitlin, you want to go? Poor Mel. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like this episode. I really like that they just picked a fun way to narrate the episode and that it was a bit of a, like, a, kind of making fun a bit of the story and all the debacles they have to get out of. Um, 
Yes. It was really fun seeing Comet and his super lock opening abilities. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked Frenchie Bearpaw. <laughs> he was a. I liked his caricature. And I always like crazy characters too. Mm. So I'm going to give it a 8 and a half out of 10 exploding wagons. <laughs> wagons that go boom. Yes, leaving uh, a big crater in the ground. Yeah. Uh, Will, what about you? Yes, yes. Well, the second time I watched the episode, I was awake for the whole thing. That's a good and I really, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I liked the, the way they told the story, Prince's Bride-like way. And I liked, it's just a change of pace from what we've seen before. So I give it nine out of ten machinery guns. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel the opposite. <laughs> I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying the episodes more recently, uh, with the orb stuff and John Bly and I don't know. This just felt too much like an early season one episode, and I didn't, wasn't as big of a fan of those. Um, and the villains, I didn't like the villains that much this time. Um. So, I don't know. I'll just give it a 7 out of 10 throwbacks to more mediocre times. <laughs> I still feel like you ran it pretty high for, like... <laughs> I didn't hate it. Remember I just when, yeah. Remember yeah. when that was a really boring time? <laughs> what was the, what's been, like, the lowest rating we've ever given an episode? I don't know. Have I, got, I don't think we've ever gone really low. I feel like I, I might have gone 4. Maybe not. Must, maybe it was just 6. I can't even remember what episode that would be, though. Should, really should have been keeping track of this. <laughs> Your turn, Mel. No more stalling. No! Alright, I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna give it a 6 out of 10. I'm gonna go for the 6. 6 out of 10 Whoa. out of beard. What? This is gonna come from nowhere. And... Explain yourself, woman. Uh, <laughs> I can't! No, I will. Um, it's because... It's because I just did... I felt this Back. Oh, let's start. Um, that's reading. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just disappointed that we went backwards instead of moving forward because I felt like the previous episode they were like, "Oh, now we're starting this whole new storyline," and I was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then they just ended up going back, and I was like, "Ah, come on." True. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen where they went next with their new premise. Yeah. But, I mean, this is fine, and I did enjoy some moments of it. But, uh, yeah, like, the love interest, me, the bad guy, me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, Boulder and Briscoe moments are always good, and I don't know. I kind of enjoy Socrates, despite everybody hating him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, that is all. Well, high points and low points. Mine are all ready to go. Oh, crap, I forgot about that. <laughs> you, you can go last. Uh... Oh, no, don't make me go last. It's worse. <laughs> Okay, you go first. Okay, fine. High point is Comet opening the safe. Oh, you stole mine. Well, it's an awesome high point. We can share it. Yeah, okay, share it. (laughs) Uh, low point. Low point is the villain. Can I just do that? Oh, I hate. I hated him again. Shit. <laughs> well, I mine was oh. broad. Mine's mine's like all of the all of the guest actors. Yours <laughs> is specifically Ned Zed. Yeah, I, I don't like Ned Zed. Okay. Well, then we just heard mine. Comet opens the safe and all the bad guest actors. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go. My high point was the whole when Briscoe is getting when he's tied to the log. They're making fun of him, and then he almost gets chopped in half, and then he gets saved, and he does his goofy scene. Okay. That's a good one. And then my low point? Uh, I don't know. 
Uh, come back to me. <laughs> okay. Somebody else want to volunteer one? Uh, my high point. I really like the Iron Man suit, so it's my high point. <laughs> All right. Uh, my low point was just Francis. Ah, yeah. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty bad. Um, Mel? Oh my god, I can't decide. Because, oh, I don't know. I feel like there's some... <sighs> Caitlin, what's your low point? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. My low point is... <laughs> you can't decide. Good. <laughs> it's, it's in the bank when Ned doesn't make full use of his stupid iron suit. He's like a total bum and just like barely does anything with it. Okay. Uh, how should I write that? <laughs> Ned. Underutilizes iron suit capacity. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Mel thinks the word utilize. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Why don't you Why? like utilize? What if like... I utilize the word utilize more often? No! <laughs> I feel like some people that use it try to sound more important than they are. She thinks you should just say the word use instead of utilize. Oh. Mm. Except, uh, I don't know, but see, in this context, it makes me think that the suit can do all kinds of gadgety cool things as That's opposed fine. to just... You know what? It's fine. susceptible. It's fine here <laughs> because we're not in a business context. But with right. people trying to, like, uh, kiss ass, <laughs> that's when I don't like it. Because they're obviously trying to make themselves sound way smarter than they are. Yes, we try yeah, to utilize the key card entry, but yeah. oh, it drives me bonkers. Or, do you have a metric for that? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys, what else are big words for? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, Mel. I guess it's better that people try to use big words than they just try to make themselves sound smart. Instead of using four letter words all the time. (laughs) Mel's low point is Moira using the (laughs) (laughs) Put that down. (laughs) Do it, dead. (laughs) (laughs) My low point. No, no, with an little asterisk beside it that says you can't quote TV for the podcast. (laughs) 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 She'll never have me back again. That's it. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) I'll have you back just so I can leave. Just bring your big words with you. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's not really my low point. I don't okay. have a low point, though, so I'll just keep that. What about, what about, um, um, we're getting kicked in the, you know. You voted 6 out of 10, Mal. You have to have a low point. I yeah. do, I have several low points, but I feel like everybody's picked them already. So You're allowed to double up. I just can't decide. It's too tough, because I don't like the bad guys. I don't like Francis. Uh... So that sounds like what I said, the bad guest actors. Ah, uh, sure. All right. <laughs> what about your high point? What did you like? Uh, that should be easy enough. <laughs> Come to think of it, she doesn't know that either. <laughs> Do you want to team up with Caitlin? Briscoe freaks out at near saw death. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for that one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Woo, the, point, the only low point about that scene specifically is when Frances show, shows up. I don't yeah. like it when she shows up. She kind of ruins it. She's kind of just like, huh, what's going on? Yeah, she mm. ruins it. All but right. everything else about that is pretty awesome. Well, let's move on to impressions. Oh, no. I mean, quotes. <laughs> I like to call them impressions because I like to call them <laughs> Um, uh, okay. I, I'm ready. Okay. Can I go? Because I only have one quote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mon Dieu, no! What are you doing? <laughs> I am removing your bear paw. Bear paw. <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. Uh, um, he, he kept pronouncing, like, you know, Mon Dieu. It's like, my God. Yeah. But he kept pronouncing it as my two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> I, actually, I do like the point where he he spells out bear paw like the P A U X or whatever, you know, to explain that it's spelled differently. I it's do. French. French. Yeah. French. I know. It's uh, too funny. Okay, who else has one? I have. Okay. <laughs> I love you, baby. Well <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay, done. Caitlin, you got one? Okay, sure. This is being socking Frisco. Boy, that was close. I know. This is my favorite hat. I have Ned's that make like a statue and freeze. <laughs> no sense. Um, here's, uh, here's one from Ned and Bowler. Give me that! Not a chance! <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> That's it, punch to the balls. Mm-hmm. I like the quote where they're uh, in, the, uh, in the safe. Yeah. And uh, I like when Socrates says, Bowler's such an idiot! Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not getting the, the thing. But then uh, I like when they come out, Thomas, Frisco, this horse is amazing! Not <laughs> too amazing. Took him two tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Anyone else gonna run her up? Frisco's got a girlfriend. Frisco's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Frisco, look at that other bed. It's a foot shorter than I am. Aww. <laughs> He's still pleading. He's like, oh, please. <laughs> Don't make me. Um, uh, I guess I that's, think it. that's it. Alright. <laughs> so we move on to feedback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the first one is from Harold. He says, I think it kept it under seven minutes this time. Oh, thank you, Harold. <laughs> I was insane last time. <laughs> okay, here's my thoughts on Ned Zed. Um, overall, pretty good episode. I, I, I liked the character of Ned, uh, the actor. I liked it. He had a good uh, voice. Um, I liked him in his Iron Man outfit. I liked his machinery gun. We didn't get enough of him. Unfortunately, uh, I, I, my favorite moment was uh, the reveal that it was Comet that opened the safe. Okay, having said that, there were a couple of curious things uh, about this. First of all, I was I was surprised that after last week, that instead of uh, starting anew with this uh, uh, new setup that they they spent the last five minutes of, of the previous episode on with uh, Socrates as a special emissary to President Cleveland that we had none of that. Instead, we uh, have this uh, uh, story that's set at the beginning of our series. And it's almost as if they decide we're going to save that. We're going to save this new beginning for uh, Sweeps Month or when we're going to have our, our, our episode uh, coming after some big event. And, and for this week, we're just going to go with this uh, draft idea that, that's been sitting around the office for, for the last five months. And the other thing that was a little curious to me was the decision to... Uh, do the bedtime uh, story device. It really didn't add that much, and it feels like a bit of a cheat. I mean, the story was not that suspenseful. You were never really worried about uh, Briscoe and the sawmill, for example. And, uh, you know, to have the dad and the son pretend as if this was a, a page-turning suspense uh, to try and, I guess, sell the audience that it, that it was such, uh, it just didn't work, and, and, and that's a bit of a, a diss, I think, on the audience. Also, speaking of the sawmill, I love these old cartoony things, uh, you know, using the, the sawmill, you know, seeing it in lots of Dudley Do-Rights. I'm fine. They can pull out the old sawmill, you know, routine uh, death trap every time. But you got to have a better escape than just having the, the brake cord, uh, emergency brake, just right over Briscoe's head. 
I expected something. Maybe Bowler would show up instead. We get Francis showing up. I mean, you know, you, you got to do better than that, writers. Come on. So I'm giving this one six mushy parts out of ten, and talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Harold. True enough. Well, that sound kept going away and coming back. Mm-hmm. I forgot to tell you guys I'm being monitored by the uh, Spicesis. <laughs> oh, okay. The what now? Spicesis. Uh, Canadian, Canadian intelligence. Oh. Yeah. At first I thought she said spicy sis. Then I realized she said sis. <laughs> the spices, huh? The spice girls? I don't understand. Bring it back, dude. <laughs> it's the spice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's one from Victor. Uh, who wants to read it? Which of you knows how to read? <laughs> I don't know how to read nothing. Oh, that's just included as well. I never learned. <laughs> It's up to you, Maura. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know if you can send it to me because I'm on my little. Oh right, yeah. Right. So oh, well, yeah. I, otherwise, I'll, I'll I would. Read it. Okay. Guys, I'll, guys, I'll read it. Okay. It's the exact right. You took that sped red course. <laughs> yeah, that sped red course. Can I can I, can I read an accent? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> do it. Wait. Which which accent do you want? The French accent. <laughs> <laughs> the bad bad French accent. <laughs> I don't want to make this, like, intolerable to listen to. Yeah. I think people like when you do voices and such. Oh, do they? Because they're just ridiculous? Okay. Yeah, you should you should do it. Uh, your best Frenchy bear paw impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a... Okay, continuing here. <laughs> this was a retro episode a throwback to the days when Briscoe and Buller were hunting down the Bly Gang, and Sophocles was making a mess of everything. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's told in the form of a bedtime story being read from a dime novel. But there is one bit of revi- revisionist history. Bola isn't a rival bounty hunter. He's already Briscoe's fateful companion. <laughs> the villain Ned Zed specializes in making unauthorized cash withdrawals. In other words, he robs banks. By an amazing coincidence, Bola has an honest job. He delivers payrolls to banks. This makes him a target for every bandit in the state. And the highlight of this episode is watching Bola become more and more irritated as he as he has to fight off every one of them. You're you're veering into Jamaican. I know. I can't do an accent consistently. So this is horrible. Okay. Look, I'll try and keep going. <laughs> this whole episode is a sort of a loopy with one melodramatic moment after another. There's a naughty villain named Funchy Bearpaw. Not bear pa. Those three years of high school French I struggled through have finally paid off. Who holds a grudge against Briscoe's father? Briscoe's old love interest, France. France? France's. <laughs> is in town. <laughs> sorry, because if it was French, you wouldn't pronounce the S on the end. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but the little kid implores his father to skip the mushy stuff. The kid must have more sense than most of Briscoe writers. <laughs> After a certain useless lawyer manages to lock the good guys in the bank vault, it's Comet to the rescue. Comet gets the vault open, thus proving my long-held suspicion that Comet is smarter than Sophocles. The silliness <laughs> reaches its climax when Ned Zed decides to make a run for us in a full suit of armor. I suppose that after a blockbuster like Pipeline, they're entitled to take a break. After all, when you're on top, there's nowhere to go but down. So... A crazy story, a lame villain, and a way too, and a way too much Sophocles. It all adds up to a seven Casablanca references out of ten. 
Regards, Victor. Thank you, Victor. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Caitlin, for just assisting oh. oh, yeah. the accents. Yes, thank you. It was more Pepe than Berpa. It was, <laughs> it was still good. Yeah. <laughs> still made it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we got Seamus. He says, so does anyone else want to go eat a bear claw after this episode? Just me? Oh, well, I guess some people find them unbearable. <laughs> Zing, drum snare. Hello, intro to Briscoe. This is Seamus coming to you with his thoughts of Ned Zed. What a very interesting episode. This is not what I was expecting after an episode like Bye Bye, where it's apparently like flashback, sort of, but it's a story. So did it really happen? We don't know. But there's a guy with a bear claw. I'm surprised they think a bear claw, like food, joke, that would have been. But then he's got like a suit of armor and a machine gun and 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 they make a Casablanca reference. What? <laughs> this show? Oh, you haven't lost. You haven't lost it at all. Show you are you are legitimately amazing. And and of course more Bowler and Briscoe having wacky times. Didn't care about that romance though. That romance needed to go. It's kind of like. It's kind of like eating like a thing of red peppers, but then like one of them's like a little like spoiled, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna throw this away. And no, it's like a bag of grapes where you bite into one, like you're having just, just having fun eating grapes, and then you just bite into one, and you're just like, oh god, that tastes terrible. Oh, I haven't bought grapes in a while because of that. Anyway, Briscoe, I'm sure you all have talked about this. And it's wacky amazingness. I like the dad reading to his kid. I thought that was super cute that the dad ended up getting like super into it and whatnot. So I don't think this is gonna happen again in terms of like the kid and Chip, but who fucking knows? Okay, so yes, I don't know if I'm supposed to curse. I'm so sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, whatever. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, so yes, this episode happened and it was glorious. I would give it. Hmm. I would probably give it 7 out of 10 guns that battle. Aha! Aha! So clever. So until next time, faithful intro to Briscoe County Urs. There's only good stuff coming. Oh god. Magnificent, wonderful, beautiful things. So until next time, faithful intro, intro to Briscoe County Urs. Aw yeah! See ya! Thanks, James. I didn't get his reference. <laughs> what? Having funny... No, guns that... What do you say? Guns that battle? I didn't get it. I'm sorry. No. I don't know. Maybe you should Google it. Um, I I don't. I've never seen anybody having fun eating grapes. Oh, it's great fun. Great. What do you mean? You don't, Shut you up! Just, it's great fun. Shut up, Matt. Shut up. What? What? <laughs> I, I I don't understand. You just don't really enjoy eating grapes. It's not like a a new experience every time. No, I don't know. I guess not. Although, have you guys? You have to eat good grapes for this to happen, though. Have you guys tried those cotton candy grapes? No. no. What's that? Such a thing as like uh, grapes that taste like eating cotton. It's it's some sort of voodoo magic. You pop a grape in your mouth, and you're like, what the hell? Why is this cotton candy? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You guys- that's witchcraft. I know. That's what I said. But <laughs> so it- that scares me. Look for them at your local supermarket, unless yeah. unless they're just a New Brunswick thing, which I doubt. I doubt because we never get anything first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, we get all the rejects. Yeah. Who would want to eat these cotton candy grapes? <laughs> uh, Will, do you mind reading this one? Sure. Okay. This one's from Robin. Robin. 
Well, this episode was kind of fun. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see what Briscoe and Bowler's post-orb life would be. Having Briscoe hunt down yet another member of Bly's gang in flashback, booking by non-Peter Falk and non-Fred Savage, seemed like <laughs> they were trying to make her make their wheel spinning seem fresh. Please tell me this is just a one-off. I think so. Yes. It's funny that this is the other episode besides the pilot that co-creator Jeffrey Bohm has written, and it opens practically the same way, except Briscoe has some weird spirit gun beard. Gum. Gum beard. Sorry, I can't see. My eyes are getting... I'm just blurring. Will, don't lose consciousness. What's funny? I'm just leaving you guys. I've been staring at computer screens all day. Um, why did he have it? No idea. You guys got anything on that? No idea, but that was the exact same footage from the pilot. That wasn't a new scene that was similar. It was the exact same footage. Uh, Also, after gunfire breaks the news and Briscoe takes off on Comet, suddenly his hands were free to grab the reins. Were they free the entire time? I noticed that too. (laughs) If so, why did he just pull the noose off when the gunfire started? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. A lot of stuff was really over the top and unbelievable in this episode, too, like the exploding cart getaway and Common opening the safe. Plus, we had some especially mustache-twirling bad guys in Ned and Frenchie. Do you guys think that this was a, a product of the dime novel narration or wasn't anything different than the usual Briscoe? Yeah, it's hard to tell. I kept thinking that maybe this narration would make things super unrealistic and that would be the reason for it. But if that's the case, I wish they went even farther. I feel like a Tammy. I feel like I'm Tammy reviewing postmodern Prometheus, but the <laughs> difference is when they went silly in X Files. It's a noticeable change because X Files is usually kind of serious. In Briscoe, in order for them to make a silly episode, it's got to be even zanier because Briscoe is already pretty silly. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I suggest the standard sped up camera chase. <laughs> Wait, God, I can't see. Um, I suggest. I suggest. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest the standard sped up camera chase, something ridiculously anachronistic, and maybe a bunch of Keystone cops. Finally, I want to give kudos to Casey Sinesco for a great hammy performance as Ned Zed, aka Mark One Iron Man. He's in some of the great 80s classes like Back to the Future, Young Guns, and the underrated 3 O'Clock High. It seemed like he had a great time being a bad guy. I hope the Defenders end up fighting him during Civil War. Another nitpick, if Briscoe is such a great shot, why not shoot Ned Zed in the head? Wow. <laughs> now let's get some forward momentum next time. We need another big bad. Yep. Well, I'm sure they didn't shoot him in the head because this is a family show. It's Briscoe. Uh, okay, our last one is from Matt A. And he says, when is Pete coming back? What did you bastards do to Pete? <laughs> you love Pete. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God he'll be back. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello, Briscoe Podcast, and special guest, Dr. Moira. Oh, Dr. Moira, if you ever have a patient who's suffering from insomnia, perhaps suggest this episode. Hi-yo. I think I finally figured out why I'm a little ambivalent about this series, and it's because there's never very much tension. You always know that Briscoe's gonna survive his Briscoe in peril scenes, which I really hope you guys do a ranking of at the end of the series. And you always know that he's going to capture the bad guy. So what's at stake? There's nothing ever at stake. It's just kind of silly and goofy and fun. This one a little less so. Um, 
I always wish that there are great standout moments. If there's a couple standout moments, I let the rest slide. This one had one amazing moment. Uh, just when I was just kind of losing interest and my interest was waning, all of a sudden they get locked in a safe. And who cracks the safe? <laughs> I didn't crack the safe, but who uses the combination to let them out? Comet. Uh, it's, that was amazing. <laughs> Everything else was not so much. Oh, I, I like the guy's um, outfit and his uh, machinery gun. I when uh, Matt posted the picture on the Facebook group, I thought, "Oh, it's a robot from outer space." That would have been cool. That would have been a lot better than this. This was not. This was you know another kind of bank heist, prevent the bank heist kind of episode. It was. It wasn't great. It had a weird framing device with a dad and his kid. I didn't know what that was and why it started with that. Uh, clip from the pilot. I thought that this was going to be a clip show, and I was going to do a clip show of my feedback. <laughs> I didn't get to do that, so I'm a little bummed. Um, did, what was the point of that framing device? Did they? My prediction is that the episode ran short, so they had to pad the length somehow in post production. So they just grabbed a guy and his kid, and they filmed like a little couple scenes, and they're like, "Here, here's another five minutes to add to the episode." Um, what else? Brenda Baki. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but uh, I know her as Selena from American Gothic. And if you go into the Facebook group, you will find a clip that I posted of Bruce Campbell and Brenda Baki doing um, a couple scenes together in an American Gothic episode called Meet the Beatles. So go track that down. I posted it a couple months ago. Did Ned said say that he was one of the men who shot Briscoe's father? Because I feel like every villain we meet shot Briscoe's father. Like, they were all there. Like, on the train, I don't remember that scene, but were there, like, 20 guys there? I don't remember so many people on that train. The kid uh, met his hero at the end, sort of. He winked at him. Yeah, that's all I have. This 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 one didn't do anything for me. Um, I give it uh, four... No, three out of ten. Oh. Three out of ten... Cures for insomnia. Oh, I missed that orb. When's the orb coming back? Aww. I had points that I was going to reply there. Uh, you want to play it again? No. <laughs> I know I was going to mention the, how there's nothing at stake. I think that's a, a product of today's TV where, uh, rubbing off on our watches of retro TV. Like, TV, TV nowadays, there's always going to be something at stake, you know? Can't just have fun. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I love drama. I love TV with stakes, and but I like this too. Well, I I, I think you have to look at Briscoe. Um, it, it's meant to be more lighthearted, so I just assume that it's a bit of a romp. In other, you know what I'm trying to say? Like you can't take this as a serious drama. It's not intended to be. At least I don't think it was ever intended to be. I think it's supposed to be kind of goofy and campy and more fun. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, I don't, I don't go into it assuming that I'm going to have a moment where I'll be on the edge of my seat, <laughs> you know, wondering what the fate of the world will befall us or whatever. Yeah. So, oh, Matt, you just have to, the other Matt, Matt A, you just have to take your, uh, take your expectations down a notch, maybe. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe if it hadn't fallen on the heels of a really good episode, it wouldn't seem so yeah. lackluster. I don't know. That really hurts it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, though. This this wasn't a great episode. Um, Although some people don't agree with that. Some people mm-hmm. liked it some just fine. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, those people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't believe you didn't agree with me. I'm quitting this podcast. <laughs> oh, I just ruined it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Caitlin's quitting. I think I'm banished. I don't know. This is... <laughs> <laughs> no. Falling apart. Yeah, yep. falling apart. This episode ruined it. Will lost, <laughs> Will lost, Will lost consciousness a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it triggered something in his neurons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh crap! I didn't look up the next episode yet. Okay. It's called Stagecoach or something. Yeah, you're right. I think it's Stagecoach, but if you're not sure, I should double check. <laughs> Yawning going on. Oh dear. It is Stagecoach. I'm about to faint too. All right. Uh-oh. What? No, sorry. What were you gonna say? Don't faint, Mel. Ah! <laughs> it's contagious. Whatever. Whopper right. Whatever Will's got, I got it. Um. <laughs> okay so uh, thanks for the feedback everyone um really appreciate all of you uh our next oh matt you had a halo on the top of your head when you did that (laughs) (laughs) momentary halo yeah Yeah, you had like a little angel pose when you did that it was adorable (laughs) um so the next episode is called stagecoach predictions um, yeah, musical. <laughs> <gasps> yes. <laughs> it's gonna be a musical with stakes. <laughs> sticks. Stakes. Stakes. The band sticks. <laughs> There's gonna be so many deaths. What'd you say, Will? It's gonna be a ribeye steak. <laughs> I really want it to be with the band sticks, though. Yes. <laughs> then the the. Uh, the robot suit can come back and they can sing Domo Arigato Mr. Roboto. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any other predictions for Stagecoach? Like, it really could be... I want to see Pete in this episode. I want to see him robbing a Stagecoach that's... I want to see Pete's. I want to see Pete singing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Singing while robbing a stagecoach. Domo arigato. No. We did. We did see him sing. Uh, she'll be coming around the mountain in the yes, pilot. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that sounds good to me. Um, thanks, Ramora, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, and uh, make sure you get on that. Watch that previous episode. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe and maybe watch the next one and send some feedback in. That might be a thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. every time. Yeah. You can send some feedback from the past. <laughs> time uh, traveling feedback. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, do you have anything to plug? No, not anymore. I used to do Fisher Cast with that boy Robin that we wouldn't mention his name before, yes. <laughs> which was a an intro cast for Six Feet Under, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, but no, now you just hear me here or sending back stuff to intro to X or whatever. But all right, yeah, I'm hovering around. Okay. <laughs> Any plans for the future? Um, not at the present time. I, I yeah, it's just like a time commitment issue. So too busy. You're busy late. I'm busy. That's all right. You're allowed. Thank you. I feel Aww. better now. <laughs> aren't you? My, no, you're like the angel. My guilt is now absolved. <laughs> aren't you? Aren't you just being busy? <laughs> aren't you just busy being an empty nester now, though? Um. <laughs> well, and we were just in Toronto for the weekend, as a matter of fact. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. It's easier when the kids leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get easier. Mm-hmm. In different ways. Yeah. 
you never knew you had so much, so, so many hobbies. <laughs> you just all sprung up. Yeah. Different Yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see everyone uh, next time for Stagecoach, where Pete will surely sing us a tune. Oh, <laughs> better. Yeah. Or else I'll be sorely disappointed. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> Okay, Caitlin's starting up musical too. Come on! Awesome. <laughs> 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 vocal cords there, Caitlin. We should do a musical episode. <laughs> like yes. us. Yeah, we should, yes. we should sing our, our feedback. <laughs> you know. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Joss line there. Never. Never. Yeah. <laughs> me too. So it's me and Mel. Yeah. <laughs> and our guest. We have to find a guest who's willing to do this. Yeah. Robin. Robin. Robin would sing. do it. Yeah. yeah Robin does hear you. Done. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for joining us, folks. Be sure to tune in again in two weeks' time for the next exciting episode. In the meantime, please be so kind as to follow along with us and send your feedback to introbrisco at gmail.com. If you'd fancy to, you can join our discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash introbrisco. Also, we're on them newfangled Twitters at introbrisco, and we've got one of them fancy blogs at introbrisco.blogspot.ca. Ne me quitte pas Il faut oublier Tout peut s'oublier Qui s'enfuit déjà Oublier le temps Des malentendus Et le temps perdu À savoir comment Oublier ces heures Qui tuaient parfois à coup de pourquoi le cœur du bonheur ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Moi, je t'offrirai des perles de pluie venues de pays où il ne pleut pas. Je creuserai la terre jusqu'après ma mort pour couvrir ton corps d'or et de lumière. Je ferai un domaine où l'amour sera roi, où l'amour sera loi, où tu seras reine. Ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas Je t'inventerai Des mots insensés Que tu comprendras Je te parlerai De ces amants-là Qui ont vu Deux fois leur cœur S'embraser Je te raconterai l'histoire De ce roi mort De n'avoir pas pu Te rencontrer ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas.
On a vu souvent rejaillir le feu de l'ancien volcan qu'on croyait trop vieux. Il est, paraît-il, des terres brûlées donnant plus de blé qu'un meilleur avril. Et qu'on vient le soir pour qu'un ciel flamboie, le rouge et le noir ne s'épousent-ils pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas. Ne me quitte pas. Je ne veux plus pleurer. Je ne veux plus parler. Je me cacherai là. À te regarder. Danser, sourire. À t'écouter, chanter. Et puis rire. Laisse-moi devenir. L'ombre de ton ombre, l'ombre de ta main, l'ombre de ton chien, mais ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas, ne me quitte pas.